everyone. Thanks for tuning in for episode one of the Acting Realtor podcast. For those of you that found this podcast, it has been in existence for a while under the title Real Person, Real Needs. But I decided to rebrand and relaunch this podcast. What I'm going to be doing is re-airing some of the episodes that led to the change so that you can see what this show is all about. So without further ado, here is the very first podcast I did under the new format called The Life of a Singing Realtor. Enjoy. It's another Friday night, and I'm performing at a wine bar in the small town of Phoenixville. I've been performing as a musician for half of my life, but in the last few years, it's really started to become a profession for me. I'd always wanted to be a rock star and spent much of my late teens and early 20s writing music and playing in a band with my brothers. It was purely the love of music that drove us, since we rarely made a dime playing all original material. But now I spend most of my time performing covers and getting paid. I guess a younger me would have called this version of me a sellout. Call me whatever you want, but I'm at a point now where playing three or four gigs a month means buying two months' worth of groceries for my family of four. When I first started in real estate, I wrestled with the idea of getting a part-time job to help in the lean months. But the only jobs that would allow me to invest the time and mental capacity necessary to build a successful real estate business would have to be in the retail end of things. So at one point, I applied at Starbucks and actually got offered a job. But when I calculated the hours and take-home pay... I realized that if I worked an additional 20 hours a week, most of which would keep me away from my kids, I'd take home less money than playing one gig for four or five hours of my time while my kids were in bed. Seems like easy math to this more cynical but ultimately wiser present-day version of me. It all started when I began joining my dad on some of his solo gigs nearly a decade ago. Originally, he would throw me a few bones to help him carry equipment, play behind him while he did his thing, but that gradually led to him allowing me to do a song here and there. Ultimately, we became a father-son duo, with me now accounting for 50% of the material on any given night. We quickly began to make the rounds of the local restaurant and bar scene, and have since developed a solid reputation. At first, this was a fun outlet for my musical talent and a way to make some extra jingos, as my dad calls them. But once I decided to leave my full-time job, I began to rely more heavily on the income that these gigs provided. As a result, I decided to aggressively pursue additional opportunities, which included doing some solo gigs on top of the gigs that I was doing with my dad. That just about brings you up to speed to where I am now. Unloading my gear on a chilly October night in the revitalized town of Phoenixville. Like many small towns, parking is hard to come by, especially when you consider how many people swarm to what's now become a hub of breweries, eateries, live entertainment, and of course, millennials. For a musician, unloading is a nightmare. I have the choice of either double parking with my four-ways on in front of the venue and tuning out the scream of car horns and profanity as I feverishly throw my gear onto the sidewalk. Or, as instructed by the staff of the venue, I can pull up a little back street behind the venue with four-ways flashing 
and make multiple trips in order to lug my gear about a block to the front door. Amid the passers-by and the occasional skateboarder, I march methodically back and forth until the last of my gear is inside, before heading to find a safe and free parking space for my 2001 Mercury Grand Marquis. This, in and of itself, proves challenging, even when willing to walk several blocks back to the venue. It's getting late now, so I decided to bite the bullet and pull into one of the paid parking lots which would diminish my take-home pay by about 8 bucks, but I wasn't in the mood to drive around for 10 minutes, hoping a spot would come available. Next comes the setup of my PA, laptop, mic, and guitar. I have this down to a science, and usually I'm ready to roll in about 20 minutes. As soon as the clock strikes 8 p.m., I introduce myself to the few folks who've made their way into the little storefront converted into a wine bar. I do my best to engage the audience, but understandably, they're here to drink, eat, and socialize, not make a new musician friend. By the looks of them, I'm sure they have plenty of those. For the next three hours, I strum away on my guitar while wailing in my, as some describe, mercury-like tenor and vibrato, enjoying an occasional glance or clap of appreciation from this overtly hipster crowd. The most uncomfortable part of these gigs is the built-in break time. My time slot is 8 to 11 with two 15-minute breaks. While I enjoy the opportunity to chug some water and catch my breath, the awkward social aspect comes to the fore. Some nights, I have some friends in the audience, so this time flies by as I extend some gratitude for their attendance. But not on this night. I was truly flying solo. I sat in a comfortable leather chair and watched the crowd from afar. I wasn't really feeling up to going up to strangers and chatting. I feel like sometimes it can be perceived as fishing for compliments when a performer interrupts a conversation among friends. So there I sit, tired, yet gearing up for the second and third sets. During the second break, I noticed that a space had opened up right in front of the venue, so I raced to my car to hopefully secure a spot that would make my teardown and load up a little easier. But alas, by the time I got back to the space, it had already been taken. Though I was able to find one a bit closer, which ultimately saved me from sacrificing $3 to the paid parking lot gods. By the end of the night, I had won over a few folks with my repertoire and charisma. One gen in particular made a point to come up to me while I was breaking down my equipment to compliment my performance. He also asked if the staff had cut my set short since I was ending at 11 p.m. I appreciated the fact that he was a little disappointed that I was done for the night, though I was more than happy to be heading home. Having missed out on the greatest parking space in the world, I once again pulled my car around to the back street, put my four-ways on, and began lugging my equipment to Judy the Boat Car, a name my wife came up with, which somehow accurately reflects the vehicle's overall aura. 
Speaking of names, my wife also gave me the nickname of One Trip Jeffy in reference to my desire of limiting trips from car to house when bringing in the aforementioned groceries that this gig ultimately would pay for. It only made sense to apply the same principle when making the trek from wine bar to boat car. Right before my last trip, I completed the always enjoyable task of having to collect my wages for the evening. And with that, I grabbed the last few items, excused myself through the door, and headed to my car for the ride home. A seemingly uneventful night, I thought, until I noticed that a police car was now parked alongside Judy. As I approached the car, I did my best to look in need of a little sympathy. Here I was with both hands full and bags slung over both shoulders, limbering a block uphill, by the way, to my 2001 Mercury Grand Marquis called Judy the Boat Car. Throw in a violin, ratty Jeff cap, and some fingerless gloves, and I thought for sure the police officer would let me slide. Hi. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. They uh, yeah, they told me to do this so because there's nowhere to load into their to the wine bar. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thankfully, he realized that I was only doing what I was told by the local establishment and bid me adieu without a second thought. <sighs> Crisis averted. Now I was ready to make my trip home. <sighs> You would think that after singing for three hours that I'd be tired of it, but singing is my favorite thing to do. Pulled into my parking spot and headed for the front door just before the clock struck midnight. This rock star turned back into a pumpkin realtor. I was greeted by darkness and my cats, a typical occurrence on nights like these. I dropped everything and got ready for bed. Another successful use of my God-given talents to provide for my family, I thought, all while my kids slept safe and sound. And such is life for me, just a real person trying to meet real needs. For those of you that are longtime listeners, I want to thank you 
for staying subscribed to the podcast. And if you're new, I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on any podcatcher app that you use. It's called the Acting Realtor Podcast. Simple as that. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email me at jeff at actingrealtor.com. That's G-E-O-F-F at actingrealtor.com. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening and Godspeed.